Good morning, folks. Good to have you here for church today at Northridge. Uh, we're talking today about coming together as the body of Christ. We're very divided at times, and by culture, by nationality, things of that, maybe even religious beliefs, but, but uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 that we should come together and, and try to uh, focus on Jesus Christ. So we're talking about that today, um, and we're going to have a worship with Mike and Abby and Patrick Schultz on the drum today, okay? And um, so we thank you for being here. Let's open in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We, uh, we love you, Lord. We're grateful to be together, and I pray that you'll just be glorified here, Lord. Um, and I just pray for uh, many people in our church today, Lord, I know aren't feeling well. Uh, some are out of town. I pray for them as they travel or as they're at home. I pray for healing for them. We put this in your hands right now, and we thank you for your love and for always being there for us. We're grateful, Lord, for being part of your family. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. I feel like I need to start this with, like, this is for all you out there, all you fans on Facebook. <laughs> and the crowd roars. Yes. For Jesus. All right. Let's praise Jesus this morning. It's this is uh doesn't matter how many people are here. It never does. It's all about getting to praise God together. However many or however few. the world But it couldn't fill me A man's empty place And treasures that fade Are never enough And you came along And put me back together And every desire now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountains is the God of the valley, and there's not a place. Your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is. 
inside my cells The anchor in the waves Oh, he is my song Let the king of my heart Be the fire inside my veins The echo of my days Oh, he is my song Like me, oh, 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 
take our failures, you take our weakness, you set your treasure in jars of grace. So take this heart, Lord, I'll be your vessel, though I to see your life in me.
Matt was over in uh, Dallas, Texas. First of all, he was up in Minnesota for a uh, funeral last weekend. And then he flew from Minneapolis to Texas for a convention. And then back to Rock, back to Chicago on Tuesday night. And so somewhere in the process, he got some kind of ill. And so he's not feeling out of the weather. He's feeling pretty good, but he's got some COVID symptoms. So they thought I better stay, he's got to stay home for a couple of days. So that's why I'm up here right now. So, so good to have you here. Um, a couple of announcements as we usually give, but we have a lot of things here available, like our new, the new, new bright orange newsletter, the, the new daily bread that came out for the next three months, and uh, some witnessing materials there if you want to grab some of those. Right where we get the offering area there, and around the corner we have free books. So there's any a lot of there's a lot of good books. I've taken some myself in the past. Um, so if you take one of those, you can. Also, if you want to give, you know, with a, with a check or cash, whatever, you can put it right there. Many people, especially young young guys, don't do young guys and girls don't do that. So we have Tidely, uh, T I T H E L Y. It's an app. Again, it's T I T H E L Y. And you look for Rock, Northridge Community Church, Rockford, Illinois. There's a lot of Northridge Community Churches now. So look, make sure you say Rockford, Illinois. You'll find the app there to, to give that way as well. So we have a special guest here today, our, one of our own, Don Diggs. He's been working on um, a, a, a fresh bread. He gave one recently, but he has another one for us. So he must be, like, becoming a professional baker who has all that fresh bread. So... So, Don, why don't you come on up and share with us what's on your heart? I don't know if I can use that. Okay. Good morning. Yep, that's me again. And I will be bringing fresh bread. I want to position this mic. I wouldn't want you to miss any of this. So, can, is that good? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, before I do fresh bread, I always like to ask God uh, for uh, guidance and direction. So. Oh, would you would pray with me, please? Father, uh, I only want to say what you want me to say, and I'm always nervous. I'm not, I never want to embarrass you or say something that wouldn't be appropriate. So you put these messages in my heart. I just want to share them. May it be a blessing to somebody out there. May the Holy Spirit take control, and may he anoint me, and may I speak what he wants me to. I ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I always like to title when I speak on and from the life of Don, chapter title, Satan's Darts or God's Testing, a.k.a. one of those days. Oh, So, before I get started, I want to give you four scriptures that I'm going to want you to think about as I go through this. Scripture number one. Somebody missing? Scripture number one, 1 Peter 5.8. I'm going I'm to paraphrase these scriptures. <clears throat> Peter talks about Satan being alive and well, and he's real. Like a lion going out roaring, seeing who he can get a hold of and tear apart and destroy. Make no mistake, Satan is real, and he does want to destroy us. Second scripture, John 16.33. Here on earth you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
Think about that one as I go through this. Uh, the uh, third scripture is Matthew 7, 7. Seek, and you will find. Ask, and it will be given. Knock, and the door will be opened. The last scripture is Ephesians. It's 13 through 20, and it says basically, when you have done all that you can do, stand. When I do a fresh bread, I always uh, like to try to show how it is relevant in today's world and how it's relevant in our lives. So I want to relate to you an experience that I and my family had on Friday the 15th. I thought it was the 13th for a while. But <laughs> our families uh, like to try to get together and visit some of the grave sites throughout the year of those uh, of the family members that have gone on. My sister and I had done that, and we had two we had left to do. When one was in Harvard and one was in Woodstock. Well, we went over to Woodstock, I mean, went over to Harvard, and uh, headed out to Woodstock. Now, the grave in Woodstock is my uncle's grave, and I had never been there. She had been here a couple times, and she said she knew the way, so on the way there, we were to look for a specific road when we got to uh, Woodstock. We got to Woodstock, never found the road. I doubled back, oh, hey, dart number one, never found the road. I doubled back uh, and decided to go into town and ask for some help. I got two blocks down the road and everything came to a stop. It was major construction. That whole city was being tore up. We got through the construction, I saw on my left a police station. Now normally I stay away from those places. So I went there though because I figured, you know, they'd know where the cemeteries were. Started and as I entered there was a panel truck coming out and on the side it said Woodstock Public Works. I figured, hey, street department, they'll know where these cemeteries are. Wrong. Guy had no clue. Went on into the police department. There was a gentleman back there, an officer behind a glass partition, told him what I needed. He said he didn't know either, but very quickly he went to the computers, came back with two listings for the local cemeteries. I said, which one's the closest? Could you give me directions? He did, and he wrote down on a piece of paper what it was. I went out to the car, and I gave my wife the paper, and I started to get ready to leave. She said, well, what is this? I said, is it the directions to the cemetery? She smiled and handed it back to me. I had no way of knowing that that young man knew ancient Egyptian hydroglyphics. I am telling you, he was amazing. I had no idea what it said. <laughs> so I gave the note back to my wife. I went ahead and had the verbal instructions. We headed down the road, and one of the instructions was at a roundabout got to the roundabout, and he said, listen to this, go, south, go east on south. Huh? Go east on south. Okay. South was the name of the street, and east was the direction we were supposed to go. It's a roundabout. I got off, like he said, went down the street. We were gone, oh, maybe two or three minutes down the road, several blocks, and all of a sudden I see a sign that said, South Street, west. Uh, duh. West, east, I'm going the wrong direction. So I turned around, tried heading back to the roundabout. <clears throat> Somehow, with all the construction, the one ways, I never found it. 
I had no idea where I wound up. Ah, but there was a light at the end of the tunnel. No, it wasn't an angel or train. It was a mini Mark gas station. So I went down there, went inside, got inside, and I asked the lady behind the desk, can you tell me where the cemetery is? Deer in the headlights look. You seen those? She had no idea what I said. Come to find out, she didn't speak English. A couple of minutes after me trying to explain it to her, which I would have loved to have had on video, I could have sent that in, uh, she, uh, she told me in broken English, no speak English. Okay, went out to the car, told my wife and my sister what had happened. At that point, you had to laugh. I mean, come on. So we decided with what little sense I had left, and the, um, the indicator of direction, I can't remember that word for some reason, the compass. The compass and head out and find the main road again. Well, we started, and my sister happened to see a church steeple. Now, happened to see a church steeple with a large church. We decided if anybody in that town knew where cemeteries were, the church should. We headed over there, got to the church, there was a sign that said office. I pulled up to it, started to get out. My sister said, don't bother. Look at it says on the door, closed. Couldn't believe it. So, but this is a large church and it had a, a large um, building attached to it. It was a Catholic church, I figured parochial school. Sure enough, I saw some doors, I went down, I rang, they had one of those secure systems, I rang the bell and uh, Intercom came back when you were on camera, told them what I needed, and they said, wait a minute, and they said they'd send somebody out. Just, just a few seconds, a, a young lady came out. She explained, I asked her where the cemetery was. She told me. I started to leave. I said, by the way, they said there were two cemeteries. I'm not sure this is the first one. Do you know where the next cemetery is? She says, yeah. It's right across the street from the one you're going to. I said, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I got, got in the car and went to the cemetery. It was the right cemetery. And my sister remembered it. We went through the gate, went to where she thought the uh, grave the marker was. We looked for 20 minutes, never found it. Got back in the car, uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do. Well, we knew the name of the cemetery now. So we Googled it, and sure enough, a map came up. But it was an alpha code only, and it was only by sections, which didn't really help. But Carol remembered there is an app out there that will get you to every location of a cemetery in a cemetery if it's in the register. I keyed up everything, found and put my uh, uncle's name in there, and sure enough, it all came up, alphanumeric codes, right down to the cemetery grave. Went back to the other map. However, it had no correspondence whatsoever. This, the um, cemetery we were at was had names on the streets, and that was it. So we figured uh, we'd reached a dead end, pun intended. <laughs> so we decided we were going to go home. I started out uh, at the, uh, it was, it's headed for the entrance, came across a sign on the side of the road, and we stopped, my wife read it, and part of the sign said, Cemetery office telephone number. Oh, finally. My wife calls. Robo voice answered, said, out to lunch. 
Be back later. Can you believe? I, I couldn't make this up. If I tried, I couldn't make this up. So we went ahead and uh, waited a while because lunch is about over. I called back, and sure enough, you know, a woman answered, and I told her what we needed. I quote what she said. The party that you need is not in today. You'll have to come back Monday. I told my wife and sister, I said, look, I don't feel like camping out here for the weekend. So what do you want to do? Well, we had rested up and everything. So we decided, I said, look, I'm game if you are. Let's go back and give it another shot. She says, let's do it. Went back to where we left off. My sister took one side, I took the other, and we spent the next 20 minutes of the new game of uh, Finding Tombstone. I turned and looked at my sister going back to the car. It turned 80 plus degrees and really humid, and guess what? There was no shade. I finished the row I was on, went over to the car, said, what do you want to do? We talked about it. I said, look, there's only six rows left where I'm at. Let me finish it, and then we'll go. So I started first row, nothing, second row, nothing. Turned down the third row, and about a third of the way down, there was this uh, marker. It was bronze and gold, and it was a new marker, but it just had a light that glared with it that just caught my eye. So I went over and looked. Eugene, uh, William Eugene Diggs. Now that's my uncle's name. However, the dates on it were wrong. So I called my sister over, and we looked, and we decided he had a son. And uh, we knew him by a nickname, but uh, his actual name was the same as his dad's. William Eugene Diggs. So we decided it was our cousin. We're standing there now. Remember the scripture? When you've done all you can do, stand. We're standing there. My sister looks over. The plot next to us was really overgrown with houses and daylilies and grasses. And she kind of pushed away some of the grass and daylilies. And there was a headstone there. But it wasn't my uncle's. It was my aunt's. So we cleaned that all up, and as we got to the base of the headstone, there was another uh, piece of uh, granite down there, and we start, We figured it was just the uh, base for the headstone. We started cleaning it, and as we cleaned it, it got bigger, and then we saw wording on it, and, and sure enough, it was my uncle's headstone. We found it. Now, why did I tell you all this? Well, I don't want to mess this up, so... Oh, I forgot to tell you something. When we went back the second time to look, we stopped and we prayed. We said, Lord, if you really, we really would like to find this gravestone. We spent a lot of time and effort, but if it's not your will, that's great. But if it is, help us. And then we started looking. Then we found the gravestone. Now, why did I tell you all? because you need to know my family history, right? No. <clears throat> First of all, God walks us every day. When we get on the wrong road and the wrong path, he's always there to lead us back. And when you think like you want to give up and quit because you think you've got it all, it just isn't going to work, don't do it. God will always get you back on the right path. Also, after you've done everything you can do, then just wait on God to reveal himself, and he will. You know, Satan is out there, and he is alive and well. 
And we are going to have trials and tribulations. But God will keep us on the right path. He will help us through all the problems, all the darts. I didn't count all of them, but I know there were at least six of them. And I also know, note, interestingly enough, where did I get the right information? The church, God's people. Remember, God will always provide people in our path to help us. He'll always be there with us. So was it Satan's darts or was it uh, God's testing? Maybe a little bit of both. You decide. Thank you. That's all I got. talking about Ephesians chapter 2, so please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. This is the second half. It's 11 through 22. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. I just realized I had the wrong. I grabbed my wrong notes. These are the notes from last week. Okay. So, we're talking about coming together as the body of Christ. Why is it so hard to come together. Why is it so hard to work with people that are not just like you? Um, anybody have a thought about that? We, especially when you're used to doing something a certain way and things change. You ever, uh, you ever had a job where all of a sudden maybe there was a change in staff and now you got to work with new people? And you're, re you're resistant to that, aren't you? Why are we so resistant to change? Anybody have a thought of that, about that? Yeah, here. The familiar. We were used to the familiar, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Matter of fact, um, and I kind of hate to bring this up, but it's, it's a reality. A lot of times people who've been in abusive relationships will turn around inexplicably and go back to the same kind of person in their life they had before, which seems to make no sense. But it's, even though it's something that's not pleasant, it is, it is familiar. So people will go back to the same kind of person that they had before that caused the trouble because it's, it's familiar to them. It's, that seems to be contradictory, but it's, it is true sometimes. Okay, So let's read this passage. We have, I have a lot of things to point out about, the, about this. So. This is Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. It says this. Paul, Paul says this. Therefore, remember that formerly you were, you who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised by those who were called themselves the uncircumcision. Okay? Which is done in the, in the, to the body by human hands. Remember that it that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
other words, the blood of Christ brings us together. The blood of Christ brings us together. I, I've been in a number of places in the world, and I found that um, the bond is having, having Christ in your life and also having the Holy Spirit in your life. I've been, uh, I spent a uh, summer in Alaska uh, when I was a, just finishing my junior year of college at, at NIU. Really enjoyed that summer. A great summer. My, my wife and I um, went to Hong Kong when Matt had the fall. And we spent two weeks there and met a lot of really amazing Christian people. Um, we haven't traveled extensively like a lot of people do. But we, we have traveled enough to realize that wherever you go, whether there's a believer in Christ, you immediately have a bond. Now, why do you have a bond with somebody who's a Christian, even if you don't even know them? What is your bond with that person? Clyde. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're joint heirs. That's a good answer. Really good answer. We're joint heirs with Christ. We also know God's word. We also pray. Sounds like the, uh, the natives are getting restless up there. Let's be having a hoedown or something like that. Okay, all right. Now let's go, on. let's go on and read this a little bit more. Verse 14. For he, meaning Christ himself, is our peace with who, with who has made the two groups one. In other words, this is the Jews and the Gentiles, bringing them together through Christ. There are Jewish Christians and there were Gentile Christians. And Christ brought people that would never be together together. They never thought they would ever be able to associate with that either. And frankly, they probably didn't want to. But now in Christ, they were one body. He goes on to say this. He says, the two groups, one has destroyed the barriers. Okay, let me go back. For him is our peace, whom, who has made the two people one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put the death to death their hostility. He came to preach peace to them, to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, both uh, built, I'm sorry, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his Spirit. Capital S, Holy Spirit. Okay, so what does that all mean? What does that all mean? It means that we are now together. We can be on the same team. Instead of fighting each other, we're on the same team now. Why is that important that we work together? Yes? Well, I was just going to say one, one thing that really brings <clears throat> unity uh, among people is having the same goal and the same mission. Yeah. You know, like, you can be completely different people, different personalities that would normally not mesh together, but when you're on the same team, shooting for the same, you know, goal, reason, whatever, 
right. Exactly. That pulls you all together because you're on the same, you know, the, like I say, same focus, same target, right? You work with like churches all around Rockford, right? Yeah, you know, and you have to be careful, but make sure that you are are on the same <coughs> on the same team, you might say. But yeah, there's churches have different ways of doing things, right? There's different ways of worship, and you know, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but they're different. Uh, Don, did you have your hand up, Don? Yeah. Okay. I have two things. Yeah. One, there's this thing called synergism. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there is the aspect that God talks about. We are building blocks of the church, and each one of us has a specific uh, place within the church, and without it, the building isn't as strong as it would be if we were with all together. And that's what it talks about in First Corinthians 12, about the body of Christ. We all have a part in the body of Christ. Everyone has a different role to play, and you need every one of those. Uh, well, there's people to make the team effective, right? Uh, Clyde. As they were facing outside uh, criticism, by pulling together, they were much stronger to uh, make a unified front. Exactly. It, it, there's strength in unity. There's strength in unity. Now, you have to be careful. You do have to be careful, but make sure that you're working together. But then, but don't let, and I'll, I'm going to get to this a little bit later, but we've got to be careful. We, now, we don't let the minor differences overcome the major things we have in common. And that's easy to do. It's easy to have that happen if we're not careful. So here's a few things. How the body of Christ can become united. Here's the main, here's the key verses here. This is uh, 12 and thir 13 and 14. But now in Christ, Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of history, the dividing wall that causes problem. I Sorry, the dividing wall of hostility. I wrote that down wrong. Hostility. There's a hostile, you know, the, you know, the, you've all heard of um, the, fame, the, the Civil War, Hatfields and McCoys. It's true. It really was. There's actually been a, a mini-series about that. And I think Clyde talked about that, too. That they, they had such a hatred for each other. They would kill each other. They would try to torture each other. And, it, and all because it, it was over some, uh, I, I think it was over, uh, someone stole a pig from somebody. Is that true? And it, and it came down to that, and that caused this hatred, and that literally, it still goes on. It still goes on. Ask yourself the question, is there someone I'm hostile towards? Is there somebody? Now, you, now I, have, I have individuals right now that I don't have the best relationship with, but I've tried my best. I've tried my best to try to build relationships. And you can't do it for both sides. You can't do it for your side, though. So you, you, you have to do all you can to build a relationship with somebody and break down that hostility because divisions can really hurt the body. Clyde? 
uh, when we're doing that, we have to put our humanness aside and keep our eye on, on Christ, because if we focus on Christ, we can put the uh, human characteristics aside and, and build up the, the body. Well, this and then um, the Bears had a real weird week of camp. Uh, we, you might have heard of some of the things. Justin Fields was asked why he's having such a slow start. He said, it could be my coaches. You, know, you don't say that. He said, it could be my coaches. They're, they're home. I feel robotic. I'm not able to do what I want to do. Well, then he quickly backtracked on that because you should never throw your, your coaches under the bus. And so he uh, went, had another press conference in the locker room. said, ah, you know, I, uh, it's all on me. Uh, and then he finally said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything bad about my coaches. They're great guys. Then he then he went out there in the field. Luke Getze, offensive coordinator, had did like kind of a fake hug. Like, hey, we're we're still friends, you know. And, and because it was a real controversy, he went he went too far. He shouldn't have said that. You should always take the onus on yourself. Even in a fight, maybe with a, a loved one, maybe your spouse or a friend, uh, take the high road, and 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 say you know it's my fault. I, I, I shouldn't have said what I said. I misinterpreted what you were saying. Will you please forgive me? I actually had a confrontation with my, my grandson this week, and it was something small, and I don't want to go into details, but I was kind of harsh the way I talked to my grandson, and I felt so bad about it because I was leaving for the night, and he was going to go to bed, and I had him come out again, and I said, I'm really sorry for what I said. I, I raised my voice to you, and I shouldn't have done that. I was tired, and... And I apologize. Will you forgive me? Now, here's a, a nine-year-old, and here I am, a little bit older than nine. And I said, uh, would, would you be willing to forgive me? He says, I forgive you, Papa. You know? It meant right. It was good to get that right before I left the house. You know? You don't want to have division. So anyway, Justin Fields came back and apologized. I'm, really, I'm wrong. I should have never criticized anybody. This is on me. I need to do a better job and listen to the coaches better. So he apologized. He made up for it. But it was a very, very tense week, to say the least, because of that. Um, and he's very usually the company man. And that way, that, in that time, he, he didn't say the right thing. And it did cause tension. Now they're playing their third opponent of the year, which is the Super Bowl champions. It's going to be a real challenge there. Of all the spreads for football this week, um, it's, the, it's the biggest spread so far. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So I told my wife, I said, you watch, Justin Fields going to play like a man with his hair on fire. He's going to be running around like a crazy man on this, to th this today. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. So here's the point. point. But because rec recognize that our condition before knowing Christ as, as believers, as Gentiles, as Gentiles, non-Jews, okay? okay? Recognize, A, we're separated from Christ. B, we're excluded from citizenship in heaven. C, we're foreigners to God's covenant. D, without hope, without God. We're without hope, without God. So without, without being on Christ's team, we are, we are not in a good situation. We're in a bad situation. Okay? On the other hand, recognize that who we are in Christ. And this is what we should celebrate. In Christ, number one, we're brought near... Because Christ has removed the barrier, the, 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 the dividing wall of hostility. God has broken down that barrier. He's allowed us into the body. 
We've been, it says, I think, in 2 Corinthians 2, we're grafted in. You ever, they, we're grafted into the vine. We're actually brought in and we're patched in with the Jewish community and we're made a new a part of the same vine. We're grafted in. God chose to graft us in and allow us to be part of his family. Number uh, Next, we're part of a new humanity. A new humanity, a better humanity, because we've come together. We're working together. Yesterday I was out with a bunch of ladies. I was the, I, there was two guys and, and a bunch of ladies going out and handing out flyers for an outreach event. Next Saturday, I'd love to have some of you guys come along with that. Out there at Key Malkwas Park on the corner of basically uh, 18th Avenue, uh, 16th Avenue and 11th Street, kind of off Broadway. And we're going to have an outreach event. We're going to be giving out some free stuff to people, Bibles, things of that nature. We're going to have um, food there for them and things of that, like, so a lot of, and some worship music as well. And so we were handing out flyers for that and giving out some food yesterday. We're pretty tired. My wife's not feeling real good today. I think she got a little bit over too much sun and uh, not enough fluid. And so that's why she's not here today. And she'll be pray for her. She's feeling a little bit better. Um, but we kind of overdid it yesterday because um, we didn't have a lot of people. But we worked together, and we got a lot more done than we would have done individually. We went to about 75, 80 houses in about a two-hour period of time and tried to stop and talk to the people and give them some materials. So we're part of a new humanity. We're reconciled to God's people. I remember one time I made a mistake. I made a big mistake. And I can't remember all the details, but all I, all I remember is I said something I, I, I regretted later on. And the next morning, I was at a, it was at an Awana event, and I said something to somebody I shouldn't have said. The next morning, my wife said, you're in big trouble with everybody right now. I said, well, thank you for waking me up so nicely. I say, you got a lot of apologizing to do. I said, go to a bunch of people's houses and apologize. I spent the whole day doing my apology tour. I got to this one house where I'd hurt this guy's daughter. I heard, I heard her by what I said. And um, this is an older man, probably, you know, he was in his 60s or 70s. And he was a Christian. And I said, you know, I want to apologize to what I said to your daughter. Will you forgive me? And he went, I have no choice but to forgive you because you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, you apologized. And he wanted to say, I really don't want to, but I have to forgive you. So I spent a whole day apologizing for something stupid I said. Kind of like Justin Fields in that situation, you know. But you know what? Sometimes you got you to gotta, you gotta acknowledge you made a mistake you gotta, you got to put the right step forward, okay? Foot, foot forward. Also, we recognize that we're, we are part, reconciled to God's people. We have access to God through the Holy Spirit. Do you realize the blessing we have of having the Holy Spirit? Now, Don, you said yesterday, when you, last week when you were trying to find that place, that, that wasn't by accident you found that. You guys were very diligent, but you also prayed about it. How many times have you not prayed about finding your keys or your wallet or your phone? And then I'll, you'll say, maybe we should pray about this. And you say, Lord, and I, this actually happened in my office one. I'd lost my keys. And this is back at, at, for, at Temple Baptist Church back in the old days. I'd lost my keys, and I had to find them. And I'm praying that I would find my keys. And somehow behind my chair, the key had fallen into a little crevice. And as I opened my eyes, the keys were right there in front of me. 
I actually saw the keys right away. If I hadn't been right there right then, I wouldn't have seen it because it was in a, a hidden little pocket. But I found the keys because I just got through praying about it, and God showed me the keys. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, we need, to, we need to be asking God for help. He wants to help us out, but we need to ask him. We need to ask him. All right, so we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. We have, we're fellow citizens and members of God's household together with other believers, even though we might not see things totally eye to eye. Now, let me tell you a cool story. I went out to take Dale. Dale's our landlord. He's a pastor. Pastor Dale, from, uh, he was at Assembly of God Church in, in Belvedere for 25 years. He's a great guy. We've become good friends. He's a big hunter. He has a place up in Osseo, Wisconsin, just south of Eau Claire. He and his brother both have land. They go deer hunting up there. He also has a place out in Belvedere. We, so we went to Denny's for lunch on, I think it was Thursday. And uh, I saw a guy that looked familiar, but he'd lost a lot of weight. And uh, his name is Alfred. Remember Alfred? Alfred Johnson? And his wife has just passed away recently, about a year ago. And he, then he had a heart attack, two heart attacks. And so after I got done having lunch with Dale, Dale had to leave. I said, he goes, hey. I go, Alfred, is that you? He said, yeah, he was right next to us. He was like maybe four, uh, like for far as Mike and Abby for me. So I went on and said, I wanted to see Alfred anyway. We needed to talk about some stuff. So we sat there and talked. Now, that, now, I don't know why I picked Denny's that day, but you know what? I didn't know Alfred was going to be there, but guess what? He was. So I ended up having two meetings for one. God does that a lot. God does that a lot. Don't think it's just luck or chance. Don't ever say that. Don't say that I was lucky. Uh, it was just chance. No, there's not. No, don't, don't say that kind of thing. That, get, that takes the credit away from the Lord. The Lord designed that. I have no doubt in my mind God wanted me to see Alfred that day after I saw Dale that day. I had no doubt in my mind. It's happened probably hundreds of times in my ministry that God's put other people together with me. God is a very, what's the word, creative God. He will help you to find things even in the, in the midst of all the, you know, the bushes and everything else. You'll find that gravestone that you're looking for. Okay? All right? Uh, number three. This is really important. Listen to this. Number three. Realize that what unites us is greater, much greater than what divides us. Let me say that again. Realize that what unites us is much greater than what divides us. Romans 2. Somebody read Romans 2, verses 28 and 29. Romans 2, verses 28 and 29. we got to realize that we have more in common than we have not in common. We allow some small things to come between us that shouldn't come between us. Now, who, the, you know, Don said something, Satan's alive and well. I don't like to, I don't like to say that because Satan's not well, but he is alive. But he knows he is, he's on borrowed time. Satan knows he's on borrowed time, and he is on borrowed time. Because if you look at Revelation chapter 20, 20, he's going down to the pit, literally going down to the pit. And he knows that's coming pretty soon. So he's trying to get as many Christians and many people away from the Lord as possible. He's trying to divide us, and he's trying to hurt us, and he can discourage you, and he can try to, he can try to make you ineffective by being discouraged or depressed. Okay, did anybody find that verse here? Second, uh, Romans 2, 28 and 29. You have it, Connor? 
a circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Yes, so we we have a circumcision of the heart. God is changing our hearts. We should bring ourselves, we should be coming together with people and trying to show respect for them. Even if somebody that doesn't, even if your doctrine or even your spiritual walk is not the same, you still need to treat people with respect. Even if they don't agree with you, even if they're not believers, even if they have a different, completely different faith, you should still respect them. Everybody deserves your respect. Nobody deserves your disdain except for Satan himself. I want to say that clearly. We need to learn to respect other people. At least listen to them. How do you expect people to listen to you if you won't listen to them? You want to share your thoughts with somebody else? You need to listen to what they're saying first. We need to show respect towards each other. That's really, really important. Everybody show respect for them. You show respect towards people, and you're going to get their attention because some people never get respect. We need to show everybody respect. All right, number four. We now belong to the body of Christ, which is much greater and more significant than living for ourselves. Okay? We need to remember that. Thank you, guys. Love you. Have a good day. We need, we need to realize we're part of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 says this. I'm going to read this real quickly. 1 Corinthians 12. Talks about the, it's all about the body of Christ. Okay? God bless you, by the way, on Facebook. Have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you. That wasn't working? Hmm? That wasn't working? It wasn't working? No. Hmm. Listen to what it says in verse 12. It says, just as, just as one as the body, though one has many parts, but it, all the many parts form one body, which is in Christ. Okay? And verse 27 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. We're part of the body. We work together. We need each other. We really need each other. Okay? And so... Um, we are, it's greater to be part of a group than be individual. We like to be individual. United States especially, we are known for our individuality. The problem is there's times we need to be together as a group. There's strength in numbers. If there's a fire, if there's a flood, if there's a problem, we need to work together. I remember 9-11. No one will forget 9-11. But I remember I was actually, Dennis was there with me about two months later. After 9-11, we went